Hello and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Uh, Today's episode is about Venom. I'm happy to be joined by Adam Schick who has been almost, I didn't realize it's been almost three months you've been on Adam when we did Jurassic World, but I mean you did the Movie Pass podcast a little after that, but uh, thanks for joining me. Sure, sure. Thank you. I love I love talking about bad movies that do well. <laughs> well, yeah, and, j- and just to check in for a second, because like I said, the last time that I uh, had you on was the Movie Pass podcast. Are you uh, ha- have you come to a conclusion on how you're going to view your movies, or are you still figuring that out? So I'm still surviving on Movie Pass, but I've made a a pretty I feel like final decision that uh, in a couple weeks when November hits, I'm making the switch to. Stubbs a list because it's no longer gonna gonna fill my needs at that point once we get into the holiday season and the oscar season uh there's just too many movies to see and the, the biggest problem movie pass at this point is literally there's a lot of days when i open up one of my local theaters to the close by and there's not a single thing you can check into because of their weird six movie rotation and then if you want to see something maybe you have to check into something else and then it's just the whole thing is a mess and it's sort of working just to get by through this slower time of year. But once the movies pick up, I'm going to, I'm going to need a, a little more, uh, little more consistency than, than movie pass can provide. Right. And venom came like right at the tail end of like, I mean, it came out the same weekend as a star is born, which as far as I concerned was kind of like kicking off Oscar season. But like, once you like get past that weekend, like there's something coming out like every weekend now. So it's right. going to be tough. And I was curious. Cause like, I'm at the point where like my, my first three months on a list are about up. So I had to decide if I wanted to do uh cinemia. I don't know how much you looked into that. And like, you know, they got that unlimited plan coming out. So I was trying to figure it out myself, but I was, I'm curious just how different people in different areas are getting along with movie pass. Cause it's, it's been, I've been, I've been trying to figure out where I can use mine before it expires. And, uh, it's been tough, but I was just kind of curious how you're getting by because I know that that was something that you had thought about a lot at the time we did those first couple of podcasts. But yeah, as as far as uh, Venom goes, I mean, uh, were you able to use your movie pass or did you have to spend money on this movie? And if it's the latter, I apologize. No, I wouldn't have spent. I still <laughs> haven't spent money on a movie in a, oh, okay. a long time. I've, I've managed to either movie pass it or uh, or use. You know, I've got a, a stockpile of, of Regal points to get free tickets and stuff like that. There you um, go. But the, you know, the thing that MoviePass did effectively, though, is it really – and this is why I don't like it. It's not even that I – it's hard to use. It's taken away what was fun about MoviePass. What made MoviePass fun is that I didn't have to think twice about going to see that. It could be very spontaneous. In this case, yeah, in this case, I had to sit back and think, okay, I literally looked at a calendar of upcoming movies and said, okay, if I have three movies I can use – should this be one of them? And then you overanalyze and then you don't go to the theater for a month, which is what happened to me. So Ugh. like, yeah, I'd, I'm like, I'd, I'd happily see, you know, bad times at the Al Ro- at the Al Royale, even though it doesn't look like it'd be that great. But I'm like, you have to barter. Like, should that be one of my three or in this case four? Cause I managed to check into of monsters and men, the bonus movie and then get an uh-huh. extra movie. So that's another way you can do it. Well, yeah. I found ways to survive. I'm, I'm the ultimate movie pass hustler. Um, but no, it's just it's not fun that you can't you know just go see uh, an iffy movie like hell I saw Overboard this summer like I never mm. would do that now if I know I only have three movies that I can choose choose from so you know that part of it is is disappointing but I, I was able to figure that I, I could I could do Venom and still get within my you know my limits of what I've got to do before I switch to 
to Stubbs A-list, but I, I would not have paid for Venom. Well, I'm glad you uh, made it through the tough part of the year and you've managed to see what you wanted to see. And I look forward to you getting to A-list because then it'll change your life, assuming uh, you have the time to see the movies. And because uh, I was pretty excited when you saw when we did Jurassic World or uh, Jurassic World, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm seeing everything because of this movie pass thing." And it was within like two. <laughs> it was within like two weeks of that where like, it, and we had that fun conversation about it because we could just speculate because like movie pass is still going pretty strong at that point, and then it, all of a sudden it's gone. So I'm I'm just looking forward to you getting back to going to the movies but uh but just to get to get to this movie and i'm just curious because as much as we've talked about movies in the last few months i don't think we've actually and while jurassic world fallen kingdom was like kind of a franchise thing we haven't i haven't really talked to you much about like superhero movies and i don't know if you've ever been a comic book guy or if you're just big into seeing all the superhero movies or if you like you pick and choose so i didn't know like what your relationship is with various superhero um comic universes or cinematic universes or whatever if you have a preference or if you just saw venom because of something because of the Tom Hardy or something like what's your relationship in general with yeah. these kind of movies I mean I've always loved superhero movies and comic book movies albeit never having I don't think I've ever looked at a comic book in my life actually gotcha um so I'm not part of of that subculture uh but I just I love you know I like a lot of people because you look at the numbers I just I love big event movies i love big tent poles so you didn't have like um, any preconceived notions about venom coming in because a lot of people are like man i i've read spider-man comics and it's like so but uh, you how can you do this without spider-man and they had strong opinions on it and i knew nothing about venom so I, that's what i was kind of getting at yeah all i knew about venom was i knew two things about venom i knew whatever weird version that, that topher grace did in spider-man right, 3 right. which is i don't know I think this may be a more enjoyable movie than Spider-Man 3 without actually being a better movie, but that's – we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, I, I also – I think – I'm pretty sure Venom is in the Spider-Man ride at Universal Studios. Oh, So I okay. think those are my only – pretty sure those are my only two experiences with Venom. I had no preconceived notions other than that and just thinking that – I don't know. I guess Venom is supposed to be like a – what? How is Venom supposed to be like a big Spider-Man villain, but in this movie, Venom's – Kind of a good guy. I don't really get what Venom is. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. So we're we're gonna we're gonna sound like two noobs talking about this. But I mean, I still had some thoughts. And for the other uninitiated, I mean, Venom is uh, or Tom Hardy plays Eddie Brock, who is a an investigative journalist. And I want to talk about that for a moment in a minute. But uh, he he ends up. Uh, He's married to Michelle Williams, who for some reason is in this movie, even though she is like yeah. <laughs> uh, is like a very very a list actress. I hope she got a lot of money. And uh, they're a couple. She's a big time lawyer. He reads some of her documents and ends up getting uh, her fired when he confronts uh, uh, Carlton Drake, played by Riz Ahmed, about some shady stuff going on in his mm. big tech big tech company. And he's very upset about that. Someone from Carlton Drake's office tells him, like, hey, like, there's some shady stuff going on here. That someone is Jenny Slate, who is severely underused. And what, uh, what are all of these big, what are all of these people doing in this movie? Like, what is Jenny Slate doing in this movie? What is Riz Ahmed doing? This? I just, like, yeah. every time someone turned the corner, I was like, what is this person aren't you doing? Be- aren't here? you better than this? Uh, well, yeah, and not even just like miscast and misused and. I, you know, I, I have to say, because this is, I just want to make sure I get this in, because this is my most important take from the yes. entire movie. Yes. Um, I feel like I, I listened to, I spent a lot of time listening to the, the rewatchables on the Ringer podcast. Of course. Um, and I just love they have their awards, you know, Dion Waiters Award. I'm, I want to create a new award, and I don't know if you're going to incorporate this from now on or, or just when I come on with you, but like the bad overacting villain award which I would name after Ed Norton's character 
in the Italian job. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. It's a I've deep cut. I've always passionately about this. I just think Ed Norton is terrible in the Italian job. Man. And I think everything that's bad about his performance in that movie is basically what Riz Ahmed is doing in this movie. Mm. Like, Riz Ahmed is great. I love Riz Ahmed. Did you see? Of. Did you see Jason Bourne? Yeah, he was also bad in Jason No, I actually liked him in Jason Bourne. That's the thing. It's like I did not like Jason Bourne as a movie. It was probably maybe my least favorite of the Bourne movies. But I was like he's doing a very good impression of like what a sleazy tech guy would be. And that's like, right. that, that's probably fair. So okay, where, whereas, whereas here, I thought he was just like a total blowhard and not interesting in the same way I found him in Jason Bourne, where that guy was like a little sly, but had the affectations of like a Mark Zuckerberg's voice down yeah. to a pet. Yeah. Here, he's just being over the top and weird and crazy. And I, I was I mean, I completely agree with his, you on his performance in this movie. It was it's like for a guy that's so good in everything else. It's like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, I he's better in Jason Bourne. I still didn't think he was great in Jason Bourne. But I literally think he's the worst thing in this movie, Oof. and that's really saying something because it, it's not—it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and, and I want to preface this, John. I'm sure you agree with this, uh, but a lot of people who don't watch a lot of movies struggle with this concept. This is not a good movie. That doesn't mean that it wasn't enjoyable or that it doesn't have value and you know and has entertainment value. But just because something's entertaining does not make it good. Yeah. And this is not good. And I agree. And I actually – but I think part of what made me want to talk about it was that like I completely agree with you, but I saw a way in which it could have been a good movie. And uh, what I, we, we got right up to the point where I was going to – when I was summarizing the plot where eventually, I mean, he gets kind of uh, infected with one of the – they call a symbiote, which uh, kind of allows him to – have this other creature inside of him, Venom, and it gives him powers and stuff. And there's really not much of the plot at all after that, but that's when the movie <laughs> actually becomes kind of fun. And Drake's bad guys are chasing him around, and that is pretty much it. But everything up until the point where like he ends up getting infected for if that's the term we want to use, God, it's just really boring and stupid exposition, and like that really just drags down the whole movie, in my opinion. It takes like 45 minutes for him to become Venom. Yeah, well, I want to ask you this about those 45 minutes because you and I, in a former life, we were both journalists. Uh, could you identify with, uh, with Eddie, with Eddie uh, Brock? Did you feel like you really bought Tom Hardy as a hard-hitting investigative journalist? Um, I think I bought him more as – here's the thing. I bought him as like a vice reporter, and vice is not in a high-rise with the – the dad from this is us Ron <laughs> Jones, yes. and the you know 60th floor of like like vice is not they're in a where they're in a warehouse in brooklyn right exactly so it's just there's there's so much about this movie that just rang false and you know like that's part of it um jenny slate doing what she was doing is part of it and like this is another huge problem i had as far as we're talking about like, authenticity like jenny slate just think about this. She's this super smart scientist, right? And she goes to all of these. She stalks Tom Hardy in a Rite Aid or something. Yeah, whatever that was, the little little food mart to find him to tell him about this, and it's super secret. And like she couldn't even call him, right? She had to do this, and yet her plan is to drive into a place <laughs> that surely has cameras yep. around every single corner and just walk right in and think that no one's going to catch her <sighs> like how it's just it's she she does so many stupid things as yep. a character that's supposed to be really smart and the fact that she's so careful early on 
and then does what she does makes no sense. And then as stupid as she establishes herself to be, the fact that she then gives up his identity to Carlton Drake and thinks that like everything's going to be cool. She knows all the, just, she knows all the crazy shit he's doing yet. She still thinks he might just let her walk away and live. Right. She's everything she did was so dumb. I just really struggled with like that character having any validity whatsoever. So I, I guess I've, I, I agree. bought him as a journalist more than I bought her as the brilliant scientist. I didn't buy either of them. I bought him more as someone that would dive into a lobster tank and munch on lobsters than I did on it. Yeah. Than I did as a serious journalist. But I think like that's part. The comedy actually works a little more in this movie than all that serious, dramatic espionage, whatever Jenny Slate is doing stuff in the first half. And the thing is, Jenny Slate is actually like a brilliant comedic actress, and she's like super mm-hmm. funny and has like a fun way about her as an actress. If you want to tap into that, but it just, the movie just had no interest in doing that and uh, i mean that was just part of what made that whole entire really first 45 minutes really really slow and unbearable and i i I don't even really have a a lot else to say about it it's just it was like very forgettable and not that not that interesting and i I mean i I have nothing else i I have nothing else for you it was just it was just really really did not work and here's here's the problem with it too is and this is where it's important, I think, for movies to have self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they don't because they don't really realize what they've got until they're well into post. But anyone who's seen this movie knows like, what makes this movie worth the two hours you spend with it is just the screwball comedy of the Venom-Eddie Brock dynamic. Yeah. So to not have that for the first 45 minutes – is just a waste of that 45 minutes. It's like, it's one of those things where the movie, I I don't know that they realize they made a hilarious, like all time cult classic of a movie. I think they thought they're making like a serious entry into the comic book canon, like the dark Knight, Right. Well, I think so I, well, I, I think Tom. That, that I think Tom to is the misstep. Well, I think Tom Hardy actually might have thought they were making that kind of movie, which is funny because he's not really known for comedy yet. Like, right. he was game to do weird shit, but like the movie didn't really have as much of an interest in that. I think, and right. I mean, so once it gets going, and that, and that's my biggest thing, and my, like my biggest point about this movie is it is actually kind of fun in some of these moments where he and Venom are going back and forth, and it, <laughs> it, it even takes on another dynamic when Venom all of a sudden it decides that he wants to be a good guy and be on earth and not take over earth except that except that transformation happens with a throwaway line of how he used to be a loser on his old planet I was and a he loser. likes kind of like about, you eddie everything about venom is really really fun like the stuff he says is hilarious even like this, when he passes the stake and says, that meat is dead. Or, I, mean, he just, I don't even know if they realize how funny this stuff is. Like, no. I and... even, even reading about this movie made me laugh because it was so over the top. Like This was like Will Ferrell levels of over the top stupid, but they played it so serious. And then it got, I mean, or it, it, I mean, and then it got really weird. Like when he and uh, Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams all made out at the same time. And yeah, that was like, weird. It's just like it, it has so many odd, weird things going for it. Yet, like it's also trying to take itself really seriously. And I don't necessarily think it should be doing that. But my thing is like I. I don't think like, – like you're saying, I don't think they realize what they had on their hands just by getting it to that small throwaway line where he's like, yep, I was a loser. Let's team up and get weird. And if you had like actually 
cut that first 45 minutes in half or even made it a third and actually spent a lot more time with them talking. So you actually understood what got Venom to the point where he decides he'd rather be Eddie's friend than take over the world instead of have that happen in the blink of an eye. I think that actually would have been really interesting and fun. Well, yeah, and, and how about the reversal that he has and then also the Carlton Drake side of it, which if you're going to play this thing serious, which they're trying to do, then you should have a villain who has even a semblance of a of a logical plan. And when he gets hit with his symbiote, which, whose name is escaping me at the moment. That's not um, important. <laughs> which is really bad. I saw this movie a week ago, and I forgot what he was called. And he was like the villain. So that doesn't say a lot for him. Um, is it Fury it's or r- something? R- riot. Riot. I was close. It was four letters. Yeah. Um, but his plan, and Mary Carlton Drake is like, I guess he, he's he's a pretty evil dude and his methods are devious, but ultimately he seems to want to like save humanity for his own personal gain. Yeah. And his, and his big plan by the end of the movie is go to the alien planet, bring all of the aliens so they can wipe out humanity. And then like, how is that going to win? And then the thing is, I mean, kill him. You got to remember about when his Nobel peace prize by doing, well, the thing about Carlton Drake is that he has a very woke opinion on climate change and he doesn't think that (laughs) he doesn't think that the humans can withstand it. And I mean, like, I'm, I'm not someone that is a climate change denier, so I'm, I might be with him on that. He just he just has some he just has uh he has some really terrible means to go about getting to an end that we might agree might be inevitable if we don't do something about it. But like you don't need to like destroy the humans because the climate's changing. You know you can there might be another way, Carlton Drake. But that's not even his logic. He's not even like because there's other movies. I'm trying to think of what it is where it's. Um, I mean, isn't that that's in a way that's kind of like. Thanos' plan, right? Thanos is all about sustainability. Well, yeah, overpopulation, we, have to, we, have right. to, we have to kill half the population for you know plants to be sustainable. This isn't even that. This is like he's not trying to destroy humanity. He's trying to find like other planets for humanity to survive. Or just like so, t- or turn everyone into like a half symbiote, half human, so they can survive. Because he wants he wants Yeah, he wants it to take. That's why he's doing all the trials. He wants to like make everyone like that. Right, but for the purpose of being able to live on an alien planet. That's mm-hmm. not what they're talking about doing. What they're talking about doing is bringing all the symbiotes and having them devour humanity. Huh. So, like, it doesn't even – maybe I'm missing something, but it doesn't seem like his plan actually comes together in a way that would make I mean, sense. I think that might speak a little bit to the quality of the movie that you and I do not understand what the villain was trying to do. That's fair. <laughs> um, I, I think it's interesting you mentioned Thanos because I think a lot of people are out on this movie like from the first trailer they saw because they thought Venom looked so ridiculous. Whereas like uh, Marvel did some pretty impressive stuff to like actually like make Thanos feel have somewhat be somewhat sympathetic and actually like you could see emotion in his eyes. Like the CGI was just impressive in that way, and everyone's like, "Man, Venom just looks totally ridiculous." Did you have that thought about Venom, or were you just like, "Hey, no, whatever"? Well, I mean, yeah. Venom was kind of ridiculous because he's just so big and like, how is that Tom Hardy? How is that his body? And then it just goes back. And that, I mean, that doesn't make sense. It keeps the again, clothes on. I'm looking, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking for logic there, which I'm not going to find. Um, to me, Venom is just the voice. Venom is just an attitude, really. Venom is a voice. Venom is Venom to me manifests in mostly in just a split personality. You know, that that's, I, that's what I thought about more than the actual, form of venom but then when they're both it's it's secondary to how he actually looks yeah 
when when the two symbiotes are fighting, like it, you know, it looks terrible. It's just a mess of CGI, bad looking CGI. It was dark. It was so I, I don't know that I I don't really didn't give a lot of time to think about the way Venom looked. I just I was I felt like the best parts of the movie they were worthwhile were just the parts where they're interacting and the thing you know just the things Venom said. Yeah, we're just he would say really funny stuff just because it was so aggressively stupid. <laughs> no, no, I, I totally agree, and I mean it's I, I think I think that's what most 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 people are at. They just wish the movie's priorities had been a little different because you could see a movie a version of this movie that you uh, that you quite enjoy. Uh, what did you think of Dan from Veep playing a guy named Dan that <laughs> Dan. does that is actually like the nicest guy in the world as opposed to an asshole like Dan Egan? <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was that was another. That's I couldn't. I forgot about him until you said that. Um, but that's where I was kind of like with Jenny Slate. Like, what you know? What is Dan from Veep doing in here? He's literally um, the most understanding um, boyfriend ever. <laughs> yeah, he's just totally cool with everything. Yeah, and then like at the end, I'm like, okay. And that's the problem too. Is it? It's hard to establish that. That's another issue I have. Is that I guess you're supposed to root for. Eddie and whatever Michelle Williams character's name is to get back together. Yeah, because she likes she think, likes Venom too. Yeah, which, Kim, which also comes he, out of nowhere. Say say again. I said she likes Venom too, and she kind of comes to appreciate him somehow, but we don't really understand why. All of a sudden, she's yeah. just like really cool with Venom, despite how weird she's that like, actually yeah, should I be. Like Ven- Venom's yeah, like Venom's just our friend. I'm I sorry, like she's too. like I'm sorry about Venom. I'm sorry about Venom. <laughs> that, again, that's a that was hilarious. I don't think that was supposed to be like. No. I don't think Michelle Williams thought she was signing up for a comedy. Um, I think she thought she was doing some you know serious some serious uh, drama in a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought. Where were we? Sorry. I, I, sorry. I think I cut you off when we were talking about Dan. Uh, but oh, like... yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to understand why, why am I supposed to be rooting for Eddie to get back with Michelle Williams when clearly she's with this super nice and awesome guy. Successful doctor. Successful doctor who's trying to help save Eddie's life for reasons I don't totally understand because it's just hurting him potentially because he's going to come steal his wife. Hippocratic oath. That's all it is. Yeah, but still, like, I'm not rooting for them to get back together at the end. And usually all those movies, you're rooting for the – because you see, think about this. Think about – let's bring it back to Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man 2, you're rooting for Peter and Mary Jane to get back together – because she's marrying the son of, of J. Jonah Jameson, who, you know, we, it, we've established that J. Jonah Jameson is, you know, pretty much a bad guy. And we figure, oh, it's his son. He probably sucks, too. But you don't get to know him well enough to care, right? Yeah. The mistake they make in this is, like, <laughs> they, make him, they make him root, awesome. How am I supposed to root for her to leave him to get back with Eddie when they've established that he's an awesome guy? Yeah. I don't. I don't mean there might be a sequel to this movie. I wouldn't have thought so at first, but uh, oh, there's but, a thousand percent to be a but sequel. But it's, it's well, how much money it's made. But like every, but when the word first came out about how bad it was, I think everyone just kind of assumed it would be a flop. Uh, oh yeah, because like word of mouth was bad, and just the general perception of it until it came out was bad. Then the reviews were actually bad, and and now it's like making gonna make seven hundred million dollars. So who knows yeah, that that nuts. might it's, uh, the, the, a good part of the second movie might just be him trying to win her back, and sure. And, you know, honestly, I don't know what else they could. This feels like one of those movies that in the way that it works and it, I, it barely does by a it's so bad, it's sort of good kind of mantra. Um, 
I don't know that that would work again. Even if they really understood the second time that what made it worthwhile was the Venom Eddie Brock dynamic, mm-hmm. I think it. I don't know if it would work as well because one of the reasons this is so funny is because it's just so unexpected, right? I wasn't expecting to be laughing as hard as I was and for it to be as stupid as it was. So if they come back and they try to go more of that, I don't know that that'll play as well because it won't go, it won't subvert your expectations, which I think is part of where the comedy comes from. I can see that. Uh, wasn't it, I did, I forgot it. It wasn't rated R, was it? Um, no. And and that's another thing that was weird too. And that a bunch of, uh, really bizarre answers for why it wasn't rated R that we're trying to justify what obviously should have been an R rated movie just by the very concept of it. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I think, I think that would have helped. I don't know if they would actually try and change it for a sequel. Yeah, if that, if that would seem idea. too out of place or not, but it would be distinguished. An R rated sequel, an R rated sequel might make it worthwhile. But I just think what's funny about this is that they essentially like Deadpool is funny because it's trying to be funny. This is a similar type of comic book movie that's funny when it's not – I don't honestly think it's trying to be. I mean I think I, – I kind of agree with you with some of those lines that Venom was saying, like the, that meat is dead. Like I think they thought it was a joke, but I don't think they realized like the, what, the way <laughs> – <Venom's in, dead. laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they realized like the way in which it would hit people even if they kind of meant it to be a little funny. <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying though. Like they don't they – don't they didn't actually understand what they were doing and what no. was actually – and so – He's just walking through the street and just goes hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, like, and that was another funny thing is like every time, like when that dog comes on screen, it's like, oh God, like, like it had like funny th- moments like that where it gave you that feeling. And it's like, man, you don't know what this thing's going to do. And I get where, and, and it's, it, that kind of goes along with like the subverting your expectations thing. Like, I guess I knew that he turns into that thing, but I didn't know the guy was going to be like such a wild card and you didn't know what he was going to do next. So just seeing a puppy like gives me a weird feeling. And that's an interesting thing for a comic book movie. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's lots of, it, it evokes a lot of weird emotions. You don't really know what to do with. Yeah. Did so I mean I feel like we've like fairly well covered it. I don't think the movie deserves that much more time, but like was there well, I'd say that I'd say that chase scene was pretty good. Um even if like the the fight at the end between the two things wasn't really all that good. Uh, I enjoyed seeing them kind of run through San Francisco. I mean, it might have felt a little familiar cuz like we just saw that with Ant-Man and the Wasp like 3 months yeah. ago. It was like seeing some people run like drive through San Francisco, but like I thought it was at least kind of well done. Uh even if the rest of the action in the movie wasn't that good. Um, well, and that's that's sort of my issue with kind of where comic book movies are, and that's just a result of the the abundance of them that we have. But you could easily just take b- the Black Panther car chase through the streets of I f- where was that Seoul? Yeah, you could easily take that, and then that one part of that with the cars at night, and then the San Francisco part of Ant Man, and then you put those together, and and that's the chase scene from Venom. It's just hard at this point for anybody to do anything that we feel like we haven't seen so many times so recently. So that's why I didn't think the action really did that much for me in that sense. Maybe some of the, some of the stuff in the apartment was kind of cool when he was having to kind of shape shift and almost go like uh, T-1000 type maneuvers, turning his body into different apparatuses and weapons to ward right. off the attack. I thought that was kind of interesting. Even, even for if the he, most part. Yeah, no, I agree. Even if he looks goofy, at least the powers are a little different. So it's a little different than yeah. your normal things where someone just like f- 
can jump really high and punch really hard. I mean, that's kind of why I like Spider-Man a little bit. It, it has a different feeling to the fights or something like that. Yeah. I mean, just yeah, yeah. because the nature of the powers are just a little different than your regular superhero, and that gives it something different at least. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Is there, are there any other thoughts or any else that, anything else we uh, didn't touch on? I don't think so. I just I, – I regret that there's going to be a sequel to this movie, but <laughs> – Listen, this is this is where we're at right now. A movie as inherently bad as Venom does as well as it does, and it held up well in its second week. It only dropped, I think, about fifty percent. Whereas, you know, usually a movie like that that's got really bad reviews and is front loaded would probably drop like sixty-five to seventy percent, like yeah. The Hulk, for example. Um, right. which I actually think is a decent movie, but I don't want to get into that now because that's a long story. Right, and A Star, um, a star is Born is going to have more legs because, I mean, it'll I be around through a war season. Yeah, but a, like, star is Born, a Star is Born will make more money than Venom at the end of the day, I but, think. But, I mean, it's impressive that Venom somehow knocked it off from the, in the first weekend, and then I think I think it won last weekend, too, over, um, yeah, it did, over, yeah, over, over First domestically, Man. And, domestically, Star is Born, I think, wound up with more than Venom because right. of the legs it's going to have. Um, but what I was going to say is it says something about where we are as a society that a movie like Venom is doing as well as it is, which has terrible reviews, but somehow people love it. And a movie as pretty much undeniably good as First Man, which has great reviews and people acknowledge as a very well-made movie, is doing quite poorly. Coming from so a director who made a massive hit movie two right, years ago. Like, right. That's yeah. sort of where we are right now. It's sad, but like at least there's still going to be other stuff uh, coming out throughout the rest of the award season. It's just you know like people are going to flock to the movies like this, and I appreciate you taking the time, Adam, to talk to me about a movie like this because I know it wasn't like something you loved, but like I thought it still might be interesting to talk about like a bad movie every once in a while. And yeah. I uh, so I, I appreciate you giving me the time. Uh, before we sign off, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I don't think so. Just don't don't see Venom if you haven't seen it because I don't think it's really worth your time. <laughs> Well, I mean, if, if someone's still listening, like either they they, they probably really, saw Venom they, they, they either That's saw it or they like just did not make very good use of their time. Uh, yeah. But but uh, but for those of you who did stick with us, I appreciate you listening. You can, as usual, uh, follow me on Twitter at Josh Chernovoy, J O S H J U R N O V O Y, or on Letterbox. Same thing. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.